Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I think we're live. Okay, now we're live. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Doozy Days podcast. I am your host, Miranda Narduzzi, and today I have a super cool guest, Aaron Frazier, the man himself who introduced me to the entrepreneurial life, I would say, taught me the ins and the outs of marketing. Um, he's taught me a lot about being a inspirational human, um, and I looked up to him for like months where he taught me how to be an influencer. Um, it is super, he's a super cool guy, so he's a ton of value. And I'm gonna let him do most of the talking today because he has just so much that he can share for you guys. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear what he has to say. Um, Aaron runs a company called the Diamond Movement Consulting. Uh, you can see his hat if you're watching the video. You can see his hat there, very cool hat. Uh, and he has a brand beneath that, the Action Sports Club, and you can look into that. I'll put all the links below in the description so you can check out all those things. And he's also uh, an athlete, an action sports athlete with super intense things like snowmobiling. Um, so he'll probably get into all that and tell you um, tons of things because this man is like, he lives the passionate life, that's for sure. He's super passionate about everything he does. And you can just tell with the way that he uh, explains it. So I'm excited for you guys to hear what he has to say. So Aaron, say hello to the Doozy Days peeps and just tell them about yourself. What's up, Doozy Days peeps? What's shaking? Thanks for the intro, man. I like that. That's cool. Um, Yeah, so I guess uh, a little bit about myself. I mean, we can go deep into the story. We can keep it short and sweet. But long story short, you covered a lot of it. I've been... uh, in passionate about action sports for a long time. Um, when I was growing up, my parents kind of discovered that passion when I was about like five or six years old. They uh, they scraped together some pennies and they bought me and my brother a snowmobile. And after that, they realized like they couldn't get me off it. So from there on, it was like, okay, what are we going to do to support our children? We found something they're passionate about. So from there, they ended up, uh, it was like a few years after that, we started competing and racing and performing really well, had a natural talent with it, which was really cool. And then um, my dad decided to try to figure out a next level way of like, how can we support you know, the kids with their passion? So they actually went and found uh, somehow within an hour from where we were living, found a business that um, sold snowmobiles. And they noticed that it was going under a little bit, like it wasn't doing too well. And uh, they decided to buy it. They uh, they got some. I think they got some borrowed some money from their parents. Also got some like some loans through the banks. After like evaluating the company with their big game plan on how they're gonna fix it and turn it around, somehow got all the money together to buy the company. And then from there they ran the business for from 1997 to 2006. And we competed, raced snowmobiles, got into motocross as well. Um, mostly motorsports stuff and, uh, did really good. We, my brother and I made it to a professional level. My brother actually qualified for the X games. Um, the year he qualified, I wasn't quite old enough to try out yet, but then that was like the kind of 
pinnacle that happened when he qualified. He hurt himself a bunch. And then I hurt myself a bunch. And then mom and dad were like, okay, we love you guys. We know you're passionate about racing, but we should probably like, you know, stop because we love you so much that we'd rather you be alive kind of thing. So, <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the kind of moment happened, family vote happened. So they said, okay, no more racing. We're not going to support it anymore. Cause you know, spoil, I was super spoiled. Totally admit that. Like had a ton of, you know, opportunity growing up. I always had to make sure I had A's in school, A's and B's or else I wasn't allowed to compete. But I mean, pretty easy trade-off, you know, figure out how to get A's and B's. Did I, was I super smart? Not necessarily. I was sometimes better at like figuring out how to get the A, not my, on my own, you know, but, uh, it was a good trade-off and, uh, but they decided, you know, we'd rather have you alive. So they sold the business and then kind of funny from there, cause I had this deep passion for action sports and then fell away from it because I didn't know how I was going to get back into it. And it's kind of cool that your podcast is really focused on passion and, and discovery because that's kind of where my journey started with that. And I knew obviously not consciously aware of it, but subconsciously obviously aware that I had a pretty passionate life, like pretty blessed to be able to compete and race snowmobiles growing up and have my parents recognize that with me and my brother. But then it was, I was about 16 or 17. That's kind of when it all ended because they sold the business. And now I was like, how do I support myself and get back into action sports? So I definitely fell away from the passion for quite a long time because I thought in my brain, I was like, the only way that I could do what I love to do, which was riding my snowmobile and competing, was I had to be a professional athlete. And that was the only way in my mind that I could turn it into a career, like turn my passion into a career. And growing up before my grandfather died, I remember him always telling me like, you know, I'm sure you've heard this, you do something you love, you never work a day in your life, right? And, and I believe there's a ton of truth to that, to the extent of you'll never work a day in your life from the aspect of it won't feel as much as a chore, it'll feel better because it's passionate. Will you work less when you're doing something you love? Absolutely not. I, I truly believe that you'll work twice as hard or three times harder because you're passionate about it and you enjoy doing it, right? Or you're willing to go through the shit. I hope you're okay if I curse that a little bit, a, but yeah, it, you know, like it's, you're, you're willing to go through the shit and the tough times because you have a bigger vision behind it, like and a reason why you're doing it, right? Rather than just money or time freedom, right? But kind of with that, you know, I fell away from the passion thinking I have to get back into racing. The only way I can get back into racing is if I have the best equipment. It's the only way to be competitive. So I was like, how do I make the most money? Went and worked oil and gas. Um, for us Canadian boys, that's kind of like the first thing you do out of school. If you have zero post-secondary education and you want to make a boatload of money, you work oil and gas. So I did that for like four or five years, worked my way up in that, did pretty good at it. And uh, the problem was I was making good money and I could afford to get back into it, but we were busiest during the winter because that's when the ground was frozen and that's when we could access where we needed to drill the holes for the oil and uh, or service the wells. And uh, obviously that's the best time to ride a snowmobile is in the winter. So <laughs> so obviously that had to change. So I did another career shift and I was thinking like, how can I make similar amount of money, but 
you know, be able to space out my work, you know, so it's not just wide open during the winter and then three or four months off in spring and fall, you know, and be able to kind of space it out and book time off if I was racing. So I, I went to school and I downsized big time. I sold my vehicles. I sold all my toys that I had, bought a little shitbox truck and uh, went to school when I was like 20. Yeah, I guess like 24 or something like that, 23 or 24. And uh, went to school to become an electrician. So I went to trade school and then I worked my way through that really quickly. I hammered through my five years or four years of schooling and like, I think it was like two and a half years, got all my hours, hustled through that, got my journeyman ticket. Now I was in the same kind of position. I was making good money again and had the ability to take time off because I was, you know, in a foreman position, making good money year round. But then the problem was, is I was an asset to the company and the company would twist my arm and do whatever they could to keep me around because I had crews to run. I had jobs to complete on certain deadlines. So now all of a sudden it was too hard to take time off again. So I guess from there, that's where it kind of did another shift where I was like, okay, well, what's the other option that I have? Cause this isn't working either. Right. And, uh, then I started thinking about, okay, like I did the, I did, honestly, I did the classic Google trick. I was like, I Googled like, what's uh you know, how to become a millionaire or, you know, what are, what are common traits of millionaires? And like, I read this thing and it says the common, the average millionaire has anywhere from five to seven incomes. So I was like, oh, I just need to complicate my life and create multiple streams of income. <laughs> like, okay, that's where I need to go. So I started doing research into that and uh, um, got targeted from some Facebook ads and had a, had an electrician actually that was, it was the craziest thing, dude. It was like, he's, he was an electrician he was standing in this like little Coliseum thing in, uh, in CR in Costa Rica. And, you know, to kind of connect that, I just came back from Costa Rica from, a uh, a trip. Cause my brother actually is an expat and lives there full time. And he was just having uh, a kid. So my nephew, so I went down there just before this and I was standing in this freaking cathedral, like, right there and then came back to go back to work and I'm at work and I'm kind of, I remember this moment of just being like super down. I just had, actually just had a relationship that fell through too. So I was like down in the dumps because of the relationship down in the dumps because I've been like living this. I felt like I was living this lie for like 10 plus years, you know, telling myself that I was still a pro athlete, telling myself I was still going to be competing and you know how I was passionate about snowmobiling and action sports the reality was, is like, it was complete identity crisis. Cause I wasn't doing any of that shit. And, you know, I was just talking about it and still playing the talk in the game. Like I was a snowmobiler and a pro athlete, but not actually following through. So I'm like laying on this couch and I just like, so vivid, man, like in this couch in my work, you're still in this rental suite that this basement rental suite that I was renting in Merritt, BC, Canada. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And I'm like on Facebook and then this ad comes across my, my newsfeed and it's this electrician and he's talking about like, you know, I was, you know, trying to find a different way to get more time to focus on the things that I love to do. I'm like, I'm trying to do that too. Right. And he's standing and he's like, check out this view. And I'm like, what the fuck? I was just there. Like literally <laughs> just, I'm like, this is, this is meant to be right. Yeah. And I'm like, I have to look into this. It seems fishy. 
seems super weird, seems way too good to be true, but I have to prove this as like fake before I move on. Because if this is real and true, I'm not letting this opportunity out. Yeah. So then that's kind of like, it's kind of how it all started. And then from there, I, I started studying and digging into marketing and understanding the whole background of marketing, um, which is a very deep hole. Um, it's <laughs> such, it's such a crazy skill set once you start to learn it, cause it just opens up this entire universe. Right. And, uh, and then once I started to realize like marketing, how it's just math and psychology and like starting to go deep down that rabbit hole, I started to connect like all these crazy dots and realize like, hold on a second, you know, like growing up, you know, I was an athlete and I was a sponsored athlete. So what is sponsorship really? And I started to connect the dots. And like when I was sponsored, getting free gear or getting paid or getting equipment, you know, through the sponsorships, my main, my main role in that situation was to be a marketer for the company, right? I'm just marketing for them. The only reason that they would give me stuff or hook me up with discounts or you know, want me to run their decals on my stuff or talk about them if I want to race was because it was an opportunity for them to get more eyeballs on their offer, whatever product or service they sold. And I was just like, what? I like mind exploding, right? I'm like, what? So I've been a marketer all these years, right? And I was like, wow, now I just need, now that I'm consciously aware of it, I need to like figure out how to, you know, master this skill set. And it went deeper from there because then I started to connect even more dots and realizing like my dad, one of the main reasons that he purchased the business, the snowmobile business when we were younger was, yeah, it was to have the snowmobiles and access to the gear and everything else. So it was cheaper for us so we could afford it. But the other side of it was, is when we would go to the races or I mean, frick, when I was cutting the lawn growing up, we had decals all over the lawnmower. Like, you know, the truck was covered in decals for the shop. You know, we go dirt bike and we go camping. We go to the lake. There was always equipment that was from the shop and we were advertising all the time. So all of a sudden I realized like he did that. He did it in such a smart way because now everything that we were doing that we were passionate about racing and competing and, you know, performing action sports and motorsports as a whole it was all a tax taxable write-off for his business because we framed it all around marketing. And then when I realized like marketing, when you start to understand the power of marketing and then in small business and a small business aspect or even a corporate level, you know, that's why like big companies like Coca-Cola and stuff like that, they're willing to spend millions of dollars on brand-based advertising that they can't even measure the results of. They don't even know if they're getting tangible, measurable results from it. Unlike like direct response marketing that we've learned and kind of talking some weird terms right now, I guess for the audience, but point being of like, you know, they're willing to dump that kind of money in because it's a taxable write-off, right? They can, it's, it's not necessarily saving them money, but it can drop them in a lower tax bracket. And so all this stuff started to just like explode my brain. And then I'm like, okay, well, that's how I can connect the dots. That's how I can actually truly follow my grandfather's advice and build something that I'm a business that revolves around my passion. Right. And so that's been, 
since 2000, December 11th of 2016 is when I quit my job as an electrician and went full time as a marketer, as a freelance marketer. And uh, since then, just been kind of growing into that space and, you know, ended up getting offers and contracts of being like, hey, you're a really good educator. Would you like to, you know, build pro programs and curriculums and, you know, deliver these to clients? And I was like, yeah, sure. That's it's a great way for me to learn, too. It's a whole principle of like learn, do, teach, right? So I'm like, yeah, for sure, because I want to know as much as I possibly can about marketing. So that's going to force me to learn more and it's going to force me to like actually understand what the hell I'm talking about, because you need to know what the hell you're talking about to teach it properly. Right. Absolutely. So but anyway, that's that's kind of my backstory. And and now we're here. And now one of my big things with the Action Sports Club, like the brand that you mentioned, is really helping athletes connect that, you know, uh, make that connection like I did. And understand that all they truly are is just a marketer and you know understanding that a company like just because you're a good rider or you're talented that doesn't mean that a company's just going to sponsor you and like breaking that belief that a lot of riders have and helping them understand like all it comes down to is if they can get more eyeballs on their offer that's what matters it return it's a return on investment if they can make money off of sponsoring you then it only makes sense from a business perspective right so helping helping people understand that and uh the other part of it as well is is you know on on the the other fulfillment side like the servant side as well is coming from a place of just helping people understand how to connect the dots of like a business a marketing business whether that's running an agency a freelance marketing business building a, a knowledge-based program or whatever like maybe you have some specialized knowledge that you could teach and, and build a digital product from helping people connect that you know that passion to the business that they're creating so they're not building businesses just so they can make money or building businesses so they can get more time because yeah, that's that's a byproduct of cre creating a business. But if that's the main focus, it's very convoluted. And there's it's the problem is, is you start making decisions. And I say you as in me, I did this too. I started making decisions based on how can I make more money and how can I save more time? And it can be a very slippery slope because now all of a sudden opportunities will fall on your lap and they might not be in alignment with what you really truly want to be doing and how you want to be showing up in the world you know, and the impact you actually want to make and you can make all this money, but then it's, it's empty. It's not what you think it might be. Right. So helping people connect the dots with that and, and learn how to create a, it's kind of like a, a for profit for purpose business. Right. So it's like, it's like a charity because it's something, if you imagine like what are charities really about, right? It's, there's a purpose, there's a, there's a deep purpose behind it. It's a laser focused purpose, right? And it's usually a, a, a reason, a why, something that is usually bigger than you, right? That's why you're wanting to give to it, right? So there's the purpose behind it, but then attaching that piece to making it a for-profit purpose-based business, right? right? So just connecting that dot. So people buy into it with you and it just makes things way more enjoyable, right? And it makes you push through the shitty times and the hard times and willing to like buckle up and pull your, you know, pull your socks up and go because you know, the big vision behind what you're doing. So, but yeah, how's that for a, how's that for a backstory? <laughs> that was a 
amazing 20 minute backstory. And I have, I had faith in you because I knew I've heard the story myself and I was like, Aaron's going to kill this. <laughs> I sat back. I was like, I already know that, um, it, like it was and and you connected a lot of the dots and like, you really did set the stage for exactly how, um, an amazing conversation about passion, purpose, and fulfillment should start. You like, and I knew you'd kill that. <laughs> like, so awesome. Um, and I think one of the things that you really taught me it was to search for, like you said, connecting the dots, but it's finding like, like the, the whole thread in your life um, and right, how you right. connect those things, like from your whole life, kind of connecting those dots to actually finding, because a lot of people have trouble finding what even their p- passion or purpose is. Like you were lucky yeah. that your parents like almost just introduced it to you um, and you didn't have to search, but then so many people that we know like need to search for it and they don't even know what their passion is. Um, and I think now more than ever, people are really trying to find that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really trying to search themselves for like, you know, what, you know, if if all of these things are so, making me so unhappy like what makes me happy what is my purpose what is my fulfillment and um you've taught me a lot about looking through your life for common themes and opportunities and then using opportunities to meet with your um your your art like your values your morals um, and then connecting those things and then you know looking at what are your interests what are you good at and like creating it into something that you can actually spend your life doing um and so you taught me a lot about that so if you want to touch on that um just like how you look back on how how somebody who is looking for their purpose right yeah i mean something came up when you were saying that that this is something that i've never verbalized or like you know vocally talked about before and i think that there's a lot of merit to this because otherwise it wouldn't have really popped into my head but um this whole idea, because what you said, right, like, you know, and this also can be biased, obviously, because it's my perspective of what I experience in my life. And, you know, you're right, like growing up, my parents seem to have found, helped really guide me towards that passion, right? But the truth is, is that there's been many years since I was five years old to the moment to now that I thought that I hated action sports, in sometimes, right? In some moments, I second guessed what I was doing when I was competing as an athlete. I had lots of times where I second guessed being like, is this really what I want to do? Is this what my parents want me to do? Is my dad just vicariously living through me right now? Right? Or is this something that I actually want? Is this my choice or his choice? And it's one of those things that I think those conflicts will always come up because it's just the fact of us as human beings, we need to challenge that anyway, I think just to understand the truth. And, you know, truth is subjective anyway. But, you know, when it comes down to that piece that you mentioned of like, you know, sometimes people have to search for it. And the truth is a lot of the times I think it's just right under our rate. It can be right under our nose the whole time. It's just a matter of like working on the definition of what it is. And I like, man, I don't know how many times I've seen people, they go traveling and they say, I'm just going to find myself or, you know, I'm trying to discover myself or they quit a job and go down a different career path because they say, I'm, I'm here to discover or find something new. And I totally like, I totally support that. But I think that a majority of the time, it usually it's, it's, they're doing it for the experience, 
But a lot of the times they're just testing. It's kind of like a litmus test to see everything that I've done in my life so far, you know, was it all like not what I wanted? And they're just kind of litmus tests. And I think a majority of the time people come back to like the things that they've already done. Right. So touching on that point that you mentioned, like that whole idea of like finding that common thread, you know, that through line that's popped up in our life. And I think that, um, I don't know, like if you, if you, if you look at it from a perspective of defining like it, it comes that overarching kind of term that's always thrown around is like, what's your why, right? What's your definition of what's the why? And if we start with why and stick with why, that's how we can get that general direction on where we want to go. And then it can start to define as we get down. And I think that one thing that a lot of people struggle with is like, it's obviously defining that why and thinking that it needs to be in a certain category, you know, and and I guess what I'm trying to say with that is like, you know, does it have to be something that you've experienced throughout your life that you were super passionate about? Is is that the definition of a why? Is it, you know, something that brought tons of joy to your life all of the time, like whenever you were experiencing that thing or that that experience? Is that how you define your why? And I think that the problem is, is we can't really compartmentalize it in that way. It's because sometimes, right? And I think this is this is true for for some people out there as well. I know it's true for some people because I've worked with students and helped them discover this. Is sometimes it can be, you know, the why can be exactly what you do not want to experience, right? And that can be the definition that sets you off in the in the direction that you need to go, you know. And not to go down like a dark path with this conversation or anything, but it's like the point is, is if there was an experience that was happening in your life, you know, in the individual's life, and they find this through line of like an experience or something that kept popping up, maybe it was like, you know, relationship based, a poor relationship that kept repeating over and over. And you can start to see and define what was happening in that relationship. It's okay if it's something that was negative that seemed to kind of be that through line that kept popping up right that's okay like don't i don't think that it's i think it's important not to put judgment on defining what that kind of common thread is in our life and if it is something that we perceive as being a negative thing then that can still be where we can start with defining that purpose and the why right and even the passion I mean, for example, it could be like my goal, you know, I believe that nobody like I believe that, you know, parents deserve to spend as much time with their children as possible. And if we broke that down and, and found out maybe like, well, why does somebody feel called to say that? And then the story comes out. Well, you know what? Growing up, you know, my parents had a rough time. They went through lots of, you know, they went through a divorce and my mother you know, met multiple different men, was married and divorced. And I never felt like me, me, I never had time with my father figure or had a father figure in my life. And I don't want anyone to ever go through that and experience that. So that's really my passion. And my purpose is to help make sure that relationships are connected between a son and a father or, a, you know, a daughter and a mother because of X thing that happened in my life. That can be a you know, a great purpose and passion, I believe, for somebody to have, because it's something that could be bigger. It's bigger than them, right? 
It's something that doesn't just involve me or it doesn't just involve me and my family. And I think that's a great way to, to, I mean, if we were to put a category on it, um, when we get into defining like the purpose, passion, why, one of those things that we can categorize is like, if it's something that can be bigger than you, like outside of you that other people can support, I think that's something that can really help with, um, with like driving that passion towards fulfilling it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Taking notes. Taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. And like, yeah, when you look back on, um, yeah, your, your, your passion may be fueled by exactly what you don't want. Um, very, as much as it could be fueled by something you do want. I find a lot of people, like you even mentioned charities and like projects, a lot of the time it's to fix something or change something that you don't like. Like there's these ads coming out towards me now and it's about like cereal that it's like healthy cereal. Cause they're like, all cereal is really bad for you. So here's a healthy cereal. Right. Um, and like, so like their passion now is to deliver healthy cereal. Like it could be fueled, like your passion, your purpose could literally be fueled by trying to change something uh, like most entrepreneurs and most people, um, if you're talking business, and then, you know, for people who just generally, like if they're trying to find like a passion or a purpose, again, just looking through your life and being like, well, when was I the happiest? And when was I the most miserable? Um, and and like, where do I excel? You know, and, and yeah. like in all areas in my past, where have I excelled? Um, and maybe like pay attention to what other people compliment me on or say I'm good at um, and like, or just ask them. Totally. And I think, I think another really valuable kind of lens to look through, especially if like, if somebody's looking to like step into entrepreneurship, for example, right? Like entrepreneur, entrepreneurship is, it's fucking hard, right? It is, it is a lifestyle. <laughs> it is. It's totally a lifestyle because, you know, one of the things when you get into entrepreneurship is like, it's honestly, one of the toughest things for me is structure. I have to hold myself accountable. I don't have somebody being like, hey, if you don't show up on time, you're fired, Yeah. right? Or if you take an extra five minutes on your lunch break today, right? It ain't gonna be good for you, right? Or you have people counting on you right now, right? At work, waiting for you to do this or do that, you know? And that was one of the toughest things for me was accountability, right? And, and actually holding myself accountable. I mean, do I think, uh, entrepreneurship is a bad idea? Absolutely not. I think it's fantastic, but I think that it's, it needs to be approached from a place of like, what is the real core reason on why I'm wanting to do it? And am I willing to put in the work? Because sometimes people think entrepreneurship is going to be way easier than their job. It's not necessarily going to be less work. You're not going to be able to just turn your brain on and turn your brain off. Like you can, when you got shit, like you're on shift off shift, right. For the most part. A lot of the times we got it going all the time, but what can really help that is what you're doing right now is helping kindle the passion and the purpose and the why behind it, because that's what changes it all. Because now that's what creates the accountability, right? It's not motivation anymore. It's not the energy drink. It's not the Red Bull that gets you hyped up for the hour or two. It's the inspiration. It's something that comes from within, within and like, you know, like is something that really pushes you and drives you. But the point is, is like the coolest part about becoming an entrepreneur and leading from that place, like starting with the 
your beliefs, what, what I believe in, what I want to be passionate about, what I want to be known for in the world, what I really want to like work on and help and support and change is it is that why, right? It's the why reasoning. So if we can hold on to that reason on why we want to do something or why we want to change something or why we want to support something or whatever that thing is, now it doesn't necessarily matter the what you do and the how you do it. And the point being is that example you made about the cereal, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're advertising and coming up with a cereal and they're saying, cereals are bad for you, but that's why we created this cereal because it's good for you, right? That company behind that or the visionary behind that, I'm sure their why isn't to create the best cereal in the world. Their why is probably more focused on health, right? Health and wellness and having a good breakfast or, you know, just health in general and health and well-being. And it's probably stemming from that kind of core in the first place. And the point being is their why is probably fitting in that category, right? And how are they supporting that? Well, they're producing a better type of cereal. And what is that cereal? It's whatever the fucking brand was, right? But the point is, is that if the cereal flattens out and, and doesn't work or it's not a good business model or it's not effective, well, it's okay. They can continue moving forward because they're still leaning in from the main reason on why they did it in the first place, right? So, you know, an example in my life where that lines up is, you know, initially for me, my big goal was when I started to define like that why was like, I want to, I wanted to create a per, uh, for purpose, you know, passion based business around action sports. And I wanted to support other people to be able to find their passion as well. And when I first started with that, the first thing I did, I had a different offer than I have now. I had a different product that I have now. I had different services than I have now. But the vision and the why is still the same. It's more refined than it was for sure. It's something that I'm always continuously working on, right? And the language around it changes, the vibes around it changes, my clarity around it changes. But it's always started, it started in this general direction. And as I stay focused on it, it gets clearer and clearer. But the why, the the what and the how behind what I do as an entrepreneur, it can change, it can morph, it can shift. And I think that is like, you know, I've been re I've been reading a book actually recently. It's called Start with Why by Simonson. I can tell because I've read that book. Yeah, it's great, right? Yeah. And it's and it's so cool how it gets into the whole idea behind when you get into big companies. Like an entrepreneur started something and it scaled into a multi-billion dollar company. But what can happen to those companies if they fall away from the real reason on why it was started in the first place? They start cutting margins, they start doing whatever it takes to make it more profit focused. And you stop having buy-in and people buying into the vision behind the whole reason in the first place. And it starts to fall apart, right? And it happens to the biggest companies on the planet. Yeah, like happen. car manufacturers who try to veer, like the Volkswagen. Tried yeah, to veer. yeah, yeah, they're, they're They're targeting like hippies. And then they tried to make a certain kind of car and all the hip, and all the people who are eco-friendly and hippie-ish are like, well, I don't want to buy that car. I thought yeah. we were like... You know, I thought we were this kind of, you know, I thought this was your vision and this was your, like, your mission. And now you're veering away from it. So now I, I lose my trust in your company. Now I don't, in like, without trust, you don't really have a foundation and you lose buyers. 
um, and you lose support. And like it, it goes with like really any team or any environment that you're trying to cultivate, um, any thing you're trying to follow. If you don't have your why, um, then you lo- you lack clarity. Yes, and as soon as it gets foggy, right? As soon as it gets foggy, everything else starts to fall with that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And the other thing that I like with having a sense of why as your purpose and your passion is that um, when you hit those rocky roads, like those really hard times, you're more likely to persevere through them because you believe in that mission and that goal. And if you don't, then you'll kind of just give up. And that's a good way to, I mean, that's how you can sometimes test and look back on your life and be like, well, I thought that this was my passion, but I so easily gave up on it mm-hmm. for this other thing. And maybe that other thing has something in it that you didn't realize, but that your underlying passion falls within that other domain that you weren't even thinking about. Um, and so it's like, what are you willing to, perseverance is, um, it's like when you continue to do hard things, when you're done doing the really hard things or something like that. <laughs> right. Totally. It's like if you have perseverance for something and like you can look back on your life and find what that is, like your passion falls in there um, and you can sort of start to find it. And it, like you said, how it, it can be broad, like your your why is, is big um, and like the what and the how inside of that, it can change. Um, so you're not like tied down. You can still be spontaneous and you can still be, uh, but you you have a focused direction at least. Absolutely, yeah, and it's and it's important to always keep that in mind because like I mean I know we're talking like again I'm talking like big companies, but like what happened to Kodak, right? Kodak as a company is gone, but <laughs> right, like that their main vision and their main why behind the whole reason in the first place was they wanted to it was it was to do with helping people capture memories, right? That was their big why behind it, like capturing and saving memories, whatever that sparked it from the founders on why they wanted to follow that vision. That was the initial core piece of it. What ended up happening was um, the digital age came out and Kodak was all about film, like full on roll up film. And the craziest fucking thing about it, it was actually a Kodak employee that came up with the idea of digital cameras, right? (laughs) And so they came up with this idea of like a digital-based camera and Kodak was like, no, we're film. We create film. And that's where they they screwed it all up because no, you help other people capture memories. And because they fell away, away from the reason why and they started focusing on the what and the how instead, no, we create film for film-based cameras. That's what we do. That is who we are, right? And because of that, what happened to Kodak? Gone, right? So, because they never stayed on the Y. But, I mean, super extreme examples. But, I mean, that same scenario happens, fuck, it probably happens thousands, hundreds of thousands of times a day with entrepreneurs that are starting up with a new idea because they aren't working or at least starting to define the reason why they want to do it in the first place. And they're just coming up with these big how and what reasons. Right. Because an idea is an idea, right? There's tons of amazing ideas out there. And probably a majority of these amazing ideas could be million dollar ideas as well. But if there's no passion behind 
the like the why behind the idea in the first place, not very many people are going to push through it. That's why I'm, you know, 93% of businesses and startups fail within their first three years because it's not, it's the passion is there. Do you need to have the what and the how in place? Do you need to have structure and operational skills in place? Yes, that's of course it needs to be there. But, you know, that driving passion of why is, is that core piece. Like, for example, when I launched the Action Sports Club, you know, and I was coming up with that brand, I didn't go to look for partners or contractors or agencies or employees, you know, to fulfill on specific tasks directly. What I did is I talked about the vision behind what I wanted to do with the Action Sports Club. And the main vision behind that is I want to bring more exposure to the industry as a whole. I feel it deserves more exposure. And I feel the best way to bring more exposure to action sports is to start with the individual. It's kind of like you want to change the world, change yourself. So that's really the direction that I'm honing in on. And when I started to communicate the reason why behind it and what I really wanted to achieve within action sports, all of a sudden I started attracting people that had that same passion and vision or bought into my why. They bought into the vision behind it, right? And that's how you can build a really good team and support network and support system to help with your ideas, right? Yeah. yeah. So. And the, that makes me think about, um, so like that's that's how businesses flourish, right? They keep their why. And I think about this also with people because um, for the longest time for me, I had a really hard time keeping friends. And it's because I was the kind of person who so easily was influenced by other people that I would just become who I was with, which does happen to most people, but I was a bit chameleon. Become them, right? I would just be like, I'm part of this group now. But I lost sense of who I was because I get invested into everything that I do. It's not just even people, it's things. I just get so invested into it that I like live and breathe that thing. Um, and I lost sense of my why in my my who I was as an individual and so then I would just become these things and then I think that's why people didn't stick around because they're just like well you were this way and now you're this way so like you know were you honest were you true and like I was I was always honest and true but I just acted differently right so I think you you just lose that foundation of like you know being a solid person and I lived and learned from those things reflected back and said I used to reflect outward and say, why can't I keep friends? Or why can't I, you know, fit into these areas? Why can't I accomplish this task? And I would get mad and blame external factors. Right. And then I started to realize, okay, well, maybe there was a quote. It was just like, if you think everyone around you is an asshole, then you're the asshole. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, that makes sense. I was like, why would everything else be the problem? Maybe it's me. Right. Uh, and then I look inward <laughs> and then I was like, OK, so it was, you know, and what can I do differently to. So then you, so I spaced out, I separated, I spent a time alone. This was a couple years ago. And then I was like, I just did internal work and I figured out who I was. I did trainings, I did courses, I, I did like deep dives into who I was. And then when I figured out a lot more of what I actually wanted to do and then started centering my life around those things you know, like values and morals. And then uh, eventually everything just lines up a little better. And then your opportunities start to be more aligned with who, with what you want them to be. Right. Um, and then you, you start to kind of cultivate that life and it starts inside. 
not outside. It's not totally extra. right. Is isn't it? It's like it's like the shittiest realization ever when that happens, though, too, right? But it's yeah. so freeing when you realize it's like because I, I, same way, hundred percent. Five <laughs> five six years ago, everything else was the problem, right? It was her the relationship fell apart because of her because of what she said because of how she was acting you know yeah. because of her decisions you know i'm mad at work because of that guy because of this asshole because of this boss because of this manager you know my my truck's no good because i got it serviced at this place and that thing it's all these external problems yeah and it's such it's it's a shitty moment when it first initially happens when you have this realization of like no it's it's me. I'm the <laughs> fucking problem here. But the best part about that is, is when you start to, when you accept that, you also realize that like, holy fuck, like I have full control. I can, it doesn't have to be this way. Right? Like I am, I'm in full control of everything that's happening around me and it's, it's happening for me, not to me. And it's all based on my internal belief system and what I want to, how I want to perceive it. Right. And it's, it's such, have you, have you gone through Martini? The Martini no, no. stuff? Have you heard of him before? I've never heard of him. Oh, bro. Do it. So, um, Dr. Dr. Martini. Dr. Martini. Yeah. So just, just look him up and you'll find some good stuff with him. So he has uh, one of the books, I think it's called the values factor great book um i went through some of his deep dive programs like spent a ton of money to go through some of his big programs and stuff and it's all based on values your values and it's actually really really cool i, I won't go too too deep into it because it's pretty like i don't know if the word's existential but pretty kind of out there stuff but it's but it's also like he's he's um it's neat because you know you get into the spiritual based things where it's like think positive, be positive, do positive things. The cool thing with Martini is it's very, because I'm a very analytical brained person. And I believe that there's power and positivity and power and gratitude and focusing on the positive. But the cool thing with Dr. Martini is he actually brings a lot of it full circle as far as like everything's in balance, right? And it's all based on what we value. And, and he has like these pro processes on like discovering what your hierarchy of values are. And when you define what those hierarchies of values are, it can really help you define with like the direction that you really want to go to. And it's, it's cool stuff because it like the whole idea of balance is super powerful. Right. And he comes from a place of like a, a, a physics aspect, like, um, like a quantum physics angle almost in a way where it's like every positive thing that happens, there's an equal and opposite negative that happens right or however you perceive that thing every action there's an equal and opposite reaction it's a law right so he actually frames that and puts that into perspective even with like our experiences and it's really really cool it uh, rather than me trying to slaughter the the whole purpose behind it go check him out and anyone that's listening if you want to like where if because actually that's a, it's a really good point because sometimes that i found when when i've had those discussions or go in the direction of like growth, like personal growth. Like fuck, five years ago, if you said something about personal growth to me, I'd be like, get lost. Like you wanna go learn, you wanna go work on yourself, like go do it over there. Like don't do it around me. 
And I went to my first event with Todd Campbell and uh, totally like not cool with it. But I did it because I had a, you know, um, somebody that I looked up to, a mentor of mine said, just go like it's worth it. Just go. In worst case scenario, just go there. There's going to be some high level people there and you can potentially build a relationship or sit beside them and listen to them talk for a while. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'll go. I'll go to the event. And it was uh, it was after that, it was like, you know, I started to kind of wake up and realize like what was going on. It was the self-reflection things that started coming into play. Um, but again, I can't remember where I was going with that. I think it was something to do with the balance. Now, oh, so anyone that's listening, like if, if you listen to the idea of personal growth, sometimes it can be resistive. And I know it was resistive for me. I was resistive against the idea of personal growth, positive thinking, the spirituality side of things, the gratitude, you know, think positive, do positive things, be positive, like all that, all that stuff. And I always wanted to understand it at a deeper level because a lot of the times you read like, say like The Magic by Rhonda Byrne, which is probably one of the best, like it was the first book I ever read cover to cover in my life and it completely changed my life. But then I started challenging that, um, the principles in that book, not even necessarily the principles, but the whole underlying piece of the book which was just like be positive say gratitude and and everything will be great and sit it's like sit on your couch and think positive things and positive things will happen and i believe that too to a to a, definitely to a, a certain extent but i've always been an analytical brain of like i want to understand more of it i want to understand a deeper meaning of it because a lot of times they just say it's just magic you know like think positive and positive things will happen it's just magic and I think that if if somebody's willing to accept that and they don't want to go deeper into that rabbit hole and need to prove concept or prove anything to themselves, 100%, like, it is, it is fucking magic. It's amazing, right? Yeah. If you can commit to that and do it. But for me, being analytical, I wanted to understand more of it. And Dr. Martini is a great a great asset and a great person mentor to learn from and listen to. He's got great audios and everything else. And it just gives you that whole new level of perspective. Yeah, but, uh, I learned about the RAS. It's like the reticular activating system. It's a part of the part of the brain that filters information that goes from your subconscious to your conscious brain. Right. So your subconscious brain only get gets like millions of bits of information in per minute, per second. But your conscious brain only gets like 40 bits. Right. That's what we pay attention to. Um, so when you take from your subconscious brain and you tell your conscious brain, what are you looking for? Uh, then you start to see more of it. Right. But it only happens when you choose to tell yourself to look for it. Like the example with a car, yes. like you get the new car, then you start to see the car. And it um, almost seems like a boat just showed up and dropped off a thousand of the same car. Yeah. And you're like, what, you're like, what, were they always there? Yes, they were always there, but your brain wasn't looking for them. And I actually learned the way, the, the scientific reason why that happens is because of your reticular activating system. You essentially say, hey, bodyguard, like bodyguard to my conscious brain, um, you can let this in now. Mm -hmm. Like we're going to look for these, we're going to look for pens now. Like, so you weren't thinking about pens, but I've said pens and now you're thinking about pens. Now you're going to look, you're going to probably see a pen in the next like one hour and you're going to be like, there's pens now and you're looking for them. And that's essentially what happens. You put it into your conscious brain and you can see them. So I was like, okay, that makes sense for me. Um, because when your brain starts looking for the opportunities, um, then you get more of them. 
and when you nourish them and appreciate them, then then they get better. Um, there's more of them. They're more abundant. It's the same thing with relationships. Like you put in your, um, if you give nothing, you're not going to get much back. Um, but if you give your 100% with expecting nothing back, you're still going to get stuff back eventually yeah. because you're nourishing it. Um, and it's kind of the same thing when you, when you choose consciously to, uh, to invest your energy into looking for those things, those opportunities, that's kind of how it's magic. Um, but it's also biology and in, yeah. my, in my eyes. No, totally. So cool. Though. No, it's cool. It's cool because I think, I think that's a, um, like with what you just broke down and explained is a perfect example. Like, I don't know how many times I've had a conversation with somebody where I'll go to that level. It's funny. Cause I got the book right here. Cause it's a daily thing that I do still. Right. Awesome. But you know, like with, when you get into this, you know, now I can accept the fact because I'm understanding it like you, like reticular active, like what, what you're looking for, you'll see, you'll get more of it, you'll appreciate it more. And it took me that moment of digging deeper and starting to understand like really why it was happening, you know, for my brain to accept it. And then once that happened, I can let go and kind of step back and just let the magic happen. Right. But I think that's super valuable for any listeners that are that are listening to your show, too. If it's like personal work is something that sometimes is a little bit harder to do for you. It's usually it usually comes to a place. It's usually harder to do because it's just a belief problem. And sometimes we just need to build up enough reasons on why we need to believe it to be true to outweigh all the potential beliefs that have been woven in that tell us that it doesn't work we just need to keep working on stacking up those and as yeah. soon as we outweigh the scale and it tips then we're good is it easy to tip back 100 percent. but the point is is you just got to remember that it's just a matter of focusing on it right building up that belief system because that's what it comes down to for so much it's it that word belief like god goes so many directions with that yeah Right? You know um, Joe Dispenza? 100%. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. His theories uh, really get me. Well, not even theories, but just like everything that he talks about. I I love, I could listen to him. I listen to his meditations and everything. Like it's so, he's like a weird guy yes. with the meditations. Like if you've ever listened to them. I have. Intense. <laughs> you're like, whoa. It's like yeah, shouting. So he, you're, you'll really like uh, Dr. Martini as well then. Because if you like Joe Dispenza, he's the he's another great example of somebody that goes above and beyond to define and like explain what's really happening. Yeah. And right. so he's got a bunch of books that I really want to read or get the audio to, like Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, I really want to get that because it's essentially doing that where you look back on your life and like you've been on this autopilot. Um and, and it's based off of beliefs that you've lived and then you've done them so many times that it's just through habit, you've created an identity and through your emotional responses to every situation, you've created personality traits. Um, and when you start to actually realize that you're just a creature of habit, we're creatures of habit, when you change those habits and when you change those things bit by bit, you tip the scale. Yeah. You start to change those habits, you start to change your thinking and your beliefs change based off of, you know, changing those habits with different habits, you get different results. Um, and it's yeah, because all... how does it go? It goes, it goes, your beliefs 
your beliefs influence your actions that you take, right? The actions that you take influence the results that you achieve. And I think there's another layer to that, but truly, if you break it down, the results that you achieve are what commonly influence your the the belief system again, right? Yeah. I can do this. I can't do this, you know, and I, there's another layer to that, but yeah, like that's the general, it's, it's just this feedback loop. And yeah. it, that comes down to that whole idea of like, you know, um, when we, if we focus on, if we, if we want to be a certain person, well, the traditional way of thinking is, well, I have to do this thing in order to have it. And then when I have it, I can be the person, but it's completely fucking backwards. We have to go the other way, right? So if we can, if we can focus yeah. on being the person first, the beliefs that it's possible, that's what influences the actions better to do the things, right? And then we will have it guaranteed, right? So it's like that it's, it's be, do, have is really what creates the results that you're looking to achieve. Yeah, BD. Uh, <laughs> Todd Campbell taught me that. Yeah, too. right. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's so true. And it, it's um, Steve Job did distortion, reality distortion, um, where he would essentially like pretend and like believe so strongly about something that had not yet happened. Um, and using his his belief, and he would literally distort his reality and say, "I am like a billionaire," but like he wasn't. He was like uh, uh, nothing at that point right. yet. And he would just so he usually he used distortion reality reality distortion um, to become what he became, and and it's essentially creating. He he became that thing. He would walk the walk, talk the talk, say, "I just I just you know." sold a million Mac computers or Apple computers and he didn't, he maybe sold one, yeah. but he sold a thousand. And so he would do those things and believe them so strongly and create this identity and he became it. And, but he was also taking the action and right? he was doing the work, but the results at the time weren't yielding what he was saying they were until they were. Yeah, because it takes time to build up to it too, right? That's yeah. that's just a, like another way of what you just explained, explained is just affirmations, right? I am affirmations. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's one of those, it's another one of those things that just seems so fucking weird if you're not if you're not used to that way of thinking or have ever been exposed to that growing up. Like I never was. And like somebody saying, like, just repeat after me. Say, I am successful, I am smart, I am worthy. And just work on these belief systems, right? Because that's what's crafting them. And if you repeat that enough over and over, you start stacking up the evidence in your brain to prove that it's something that's real. And then if you continue to repeat these over and over to yourself, eventually it becomes true, right? It becomes something that you truly believe. It tips the scale. And, you know, like I, I ended up having a, my video editor create something super cool around affirmations and like... Uh, Joe Dispenza, you, yeah, mind movies. You've probably heard of that before. No? So this was an idea from D Joe Dispenza. So this is a thing that he he talks about in one of, in some of his higher level program uh, programs or whatever. And he goes, creating a mind movie. So it's it's like affirmations, 
right? So you stand in front of the mirror and, and repeat your I am's. Like, what are your I am affirmations that you want to, you know, grow into and, and you feel that that's something that would be good to be. And you take your affirmations and then you craft it into a visual experience as well. So I have a video that I have, I'll be honest with you, I have not been watching it as much as I should be, in my opinion, not to should on myself, but you know, like something that I really created so I could watch it multiple times a day to keep me inspired and motivated. Cause sometimes it does take a little bit of external, you know, external pieces to keep us going, right? And stay tapped into like, why am I doing this? Yeah. But uh, I got this mind movie and it's super cool. So it's all action sports focused and and every and it's got a song that I really love. When I hear the song, it it builds that feeling inside of me. You know what I mean? You know, you get the songs that you hear where you're just like, oh, yeah, it's my jam. Yes. <laughs> I have an alarm every day that goes off at 137 with the song Vienna by Billy Joel. Nice. And it says, um, my life is beautiful, magical, creative, and um, pro- prosperous. And I am, um, so it's just something like that. Every day it pops up. And that's the song that plays. Um, and it's funny because like now everyone who knows me knows that because they're yeah, there. Song me. They hear the piano, it's like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, it must be 137. And I'm like, it is. And it's my time. People are like, what, why does that, and random people in the street are like, that's my favorite song. And I was like, same, it's a great song. <laughs> um, and like, it's such a great tune and it, and it plays and it just, I actually got that quote from like the book, um, the 5am club. Uh-huh. It's a great book. Robin yeah. yeah. It was one of his, uh, mantras that he would just say, he just stood up and he's like, my life is creative and magical and beautiful and it oh, and, you just uh, made you just made me realize like a lot of the affirmations that I wove into my mind movie came from that book how funny is that it's a great book yeah I've read that a few times it's good yeah and so the mind movie is a good idea too so you watch your you watch it back the actual video of you saying it so it's not so so my mind movie I can send I'll send it to you too if you remind me but it's it's, I got it professionally edited from, from my editor. So it's like a whole bunch of action sports clips weaving into a lot of the passion and it's pulling in my big goals and visions that I want to create. So for context with that, like one of my big goals with launching the action sports club is the initial front facing vision is to bring more awareness to action sports as the industry as a whole. And how I'm doing that currently right now, the what's and the how's is working with individual athletes and enthusiasts and small business owners within action sports, right? Because I don't want to work with anybody unless they're within action sports now. That's I'm surrounding myself with the passionate piece. And so as I build that and grow that, my intention is to build a network, right, of enthusiasts, professional athletes, companies that really support my vision, and it's to fund what I'm going to create is going to be the, it's going to be an action sports ranch. So I'm going to create a, buy a big piece of property, have everything action sports. Like, have you ever heard of Travis Pastrana before? You know who that is? He's okay. an action sports guy. Nitro Circus is like his, one of his companies that he built where they just have like, they go around and do events where these guys on dirt bikes and stuff doing backflips on their stuff. And they're just crazy. Probably seen it. Probably have. So one of my goals is to build a ranch that is focused around action sports as a whole, 
right? So, and I have like very clear in my mind, like what the property looks like, where it's going to be located, what it's going to have access to, all of those pieces. So in my mind movie, as it goes through, it's playing the song that I love. I don't even know the name of the song, but it's, I think it's an Odessa song. Odessa is just like, guts the vibes for me. But it's it plays the song, and then I have affirmations that come up on the screen. So different I am affirmations that play through. And then it's just a whole bunch of different clips that are leading into what I'm creating with the Action Sports Ranch. So it's it's pretty sick. I love it. It's cool because it kind of ties together the idea of like people have, um, was it dream boards or? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what it is. It's a, it's a vision board, but it turned into a movie. hundred percent. Cool because it ties into like way more senses. Yeah. Um, and like sound too bad. There's not a smell associated because smell is associated with different parts of your brain, which is cool. Right. So that's. One of, one of my goals, that's uh, honestly one of my goals to have is like, because I was talking with, with my spouse about this actually yesterday or two days ago, and I, I told her straight up, I'm like, I need to be watching my mind movie more. The, the intention that I built that for is my end goal is I want to be able to be in my bed and I want my, I want, I want, because we have these, we finally got these alarm clocks that I've always wanted to get and she actually, she actually got them for us, which is so super cool. There are these lights. So instead of waking up to a sound, like an alarm clock, there are these lights that are there, that are at a, our headboard on each side. And so during the winter especially is an issue because it takes longer for the sun to pop up, right? And you go outside and it's like negative 15. Yeah. And, and so we live up on a mountain. So we live way up high in altitude. So we're low on oxygen anyway. So we're like super lazy. And so when it's wintertime, it's hard to get motivated and get up. So we got these lights and we use them now too during spring and summer, but you set the time on them and then they just slowly get brighter and brighter and they light up the entire room and it wakes you up really like gentle, kind of a gentle wake up. So you're not like waking up to a spike of like, you know, uh, whatever stress hormones right off the bat, like, oh shit, an alarm clock, right? (laughs) So it's like, it slowly wakes you up. But my my end goal of what I want to achieve with that is I want to be able to have those lights slowly come on. And then halfway through, or by the time those lights peak, have my song turn on, so the mind movie, but have it turn up on the the TV, right? Uh So the TV turns on and starts playing my mind movie because you're the most impressionable when you wake up in the morning, right? Because your conscious mind isn't fully awake yet. You're in and beta, theta. That's right. Sorry. Whatever the theta, beta is, delta, something. I think it's beta or something like that. And so yeah. same thing when you're going to bed, right? As you're slowly falling asleep, it's best to be like consuming that type of thing as well. So I wanted to have like wake up to the lights, TV turn on right? And start playing the mind movie. So it like gets me excited to watch it. And then I'd love to be able to have like a coffee machine set up in the room where all of a sudden I can smell the coffee too. So I'm hitting all the senses, right? That'd be great. That would hit all the senses. Um, have a fuzzy carpet on the ground or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a, and since we're action sports focused, have a two stroke engine fire up and pump in two stroke exhaust into the bedroom. That might not be the best idea. That would be that would be like uh, that would be the coolest video if you could get that filmed. 
<laughs> Could you imagine? That should be the commercial. It'd be like, yeah, come, come to the ranch. Like, <laughs> this is like a wake up call. This is your wake up call. This come is your the- wake up. Great, Mark. Great headline, man. We just crafted the coolest ad ever. Honestly, that would be the coolest ad ever. Do you imagine waking up, the camera's like outside looking at like all the action sports stuff and it kind of like punches through the window as these lights, alarm clock lights start turning on. And then you see the guy kind of moving around in the bed and then all of a sudden it slowly rotates over, looks at the TV and TV turns on and starts playing the music and the show. It zooms over and the coffee starts brewing. (laughs) <laughs> then it turns over and a dirt bike fires up and starts pumping two-stroke exhaust into the into the room. Your wake-up call. <laughs> your, this is your wake-up call. 30-second <laughs> clip, and all it says is, this is your wake-up call. And then the brand. Oh, my Action gosh. Action Sports I, Ranch. I, maybe I should cut this out and not put this in because I don't want anyone to take it. <laughs> oh, nobody. If somebody takes it, I'll just be fully supporting. <laughs> I, I fully support the idea. <laughs> that is so cool. You know what? Some of the best ads I'll actually send you. I'm addicted to these ads. They are the advertisements for um, Lexus. Ah. And I saved four of them. They have these, this four. They're all, they're like different um, uh, climates. And it's like, it's a section called the extremes or something. (laughs) It's almost hilarious. And I watched them one time. I was honestly, it was really baked. And I watched them for like two hours, four videos. (laughs) And they're each like 30 seconds long, but it's the best ad I've ever seen. And they're actually sensory, like the way that they have this, the, the sounds and this, oh, it's crazy. I'll send them to you and anybody listening should go to the, go look them up. It's um, In the Extremes by Lexus. There's four videos. So good. Best videos. I best. And you can find them on YouTube? Yeah, they're on YouTube. I saved them. I actually have. <laughs> saved have them as a playlist. playlist. <laughs> so I can watch them. Really good, really good. But um, yeah, it's so it's funny. You'll actually laugh because they they just repeat the same sentence every time. Um, but it's good. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, those, those are some of the best ads I've actually been reading. You know, kind of going down the marketing, the the deep dark hole of marketing. Yeah. I mean, it's such a crazy hole, right? Like I don't know if you've been kind of obviously we have been. Even if you're if you're baked and watching ads, like that's the best way to get into the understanding like the real meaning behind it sometimes or creating your own meaning behind it really but but it's it's so crazy when you get into ads like the visual side of it is the the is so valuable and important too right some of the best super bowl ads out there like some of them don't even have any words at all you might have one simple sentence or like a simple phrase at the end of it and that's all it needs 30 second ad just building a whole bunch of emotion and uh an experience or whatever it is and then all of a sudden like one little phrase and it's like wow that was good yeah i've noticed that with a lot of things recently everything's getting simpler because mm-hmm. before it was like be loud in your face look at all these things fill the screen and like um it, just with anything even cars like now we have teslas and they like they removed everything and there's just a screen um and now we have That's ads so with like fine where it's literally just like nothing and then like one word or something will come up or like one picture. Um, and now they're just they're, certain, certain companies are so well known that they'll remove part of their slogan and your brain will just finish the sentence in, in, in your head or they'll like remove a part of their logo and you just seeing it anyway. 
Um, and like there certain marketing is done so well, they can do that or other marketers um, just in general, just put almost nothing. Everything's bare, <laughs> simple. Um, and it's all just about, it's not about, I don't know. It's weird. Well, I, I think I, you, you, my theory behind this is, is coming down to the point of like, now that we've kind of opened up the gates to like the entire world, right? Like it's always kind of existed for the big names, like going down to Madison Avenue, you got a few million dollars, you can advertise Super Bowl commercials, TV commercials, you have a large audience. But with the power that we have as individuals now, as like with self-serve advertising platforms, like what we can do on our own with Facebook or YouTube, right? Like we can build our own little universe in it. And I think that my kind of theory behind this is now that the gates have been dropped, like the borders are kind of gone when it comes to the digital economy, you're not restricted to having a local business anymore or only having specific reach in a, in a, in a certain area, right? That we can be simplified now because we can be extremely specific with what we're doing. And I think that's such a huge advantage that we have that I don't think people realize too. You can like, I'll let, I'll let you in on a little secret. Some of the most highest level consulting programs and marketing programs and everything that's happening right now. Do you know what the number one thing is to do to scale from like, say, say somebody's making as an entrepreneur in a marketing business, they're making $5,000 a month to go from $5,000 a month to $50,000 a month. What do you think the number one mo most important thing is to do? It's to simplify. Right. Because what's been happening is people are taking this traditional business-based mindset, right? And thinking that they have a small audience that they can tap into and they need to have multiple offers, multiple products, multiple services in order to hit a certain income goal. Where the reality is, is if you can simplify it down and just do one thing really well, you have less problems, less marketing, less issues with fulfillment, smaller team, less confusion. That's the, the what I've seen people when they go from a place of scaling from 10K a month to 100K a month or 100K a month to a million a month, it's simplifying. It seems so fucking backwards, right? It does. It seems backwards and contrary to what like everyone's been told and yeah. like forever. And like it makes sense because you can laser focus 100% of your energy and effort into one thing. You do one thing and do it really well. Do it really well rather than having to spread your efforts, your 100% between 10 things, you know, and you're not getting good results back. You're getting mediocre results from 10 things rather than like 100% return on the 100% you're giving um, to the one thing, which it's so it, it makes sense, but it's contrary to what like you're, you you would assume. Right. Right. So it's like it's it's interesting. I mean, of course, when you get to a certain stage and you want to be like a champion of a certain topic, then yes, you need to start bringing in new products, and now it focuses on. How can we increase the lifetime customer value of somebody by offering them more and more and more? But, you know, that's where you get into like a vertical integration with your offers and stuff like that, you yeah. know, as a marketer, as an entrepreneur. But yeah, like a lot of the time I've seen so many people where they go in like, 
they're going in a direction where it's like, I want to just hit a 10K a mark, 10K a month mark, have a six figure a year business, right? And they have four, five, six, seven different offers. It's like, no, just pick one, focus dead ass on it, one one piece. And if it doesn't work, then then just figure out how to change the what or the how. Keep the vision there, right? Yeah. Just pick one and laser focus and get and go hard and put in an honest effort into it until it's broken. And then, okay, well, maybe that's not the one. Just laser focus into it. Yeah, exactly. And that's um, the quote from John Lee Dumas, Entrepreneurs on Fire. His quote is focus or his acronym, follow one course until success. There you go. Boom. Um, okay, I have a cool, I have some cool questions that I like to ask people. And I think there'll be a good, there'll be a good time. Um, what do you think is like one of the most admirable traits in another person? The most admirable, admirable traits in another person. Well, I think, um, I think humor is a really good one. Being able to kind of laugh things off. Um, the reason I say that is because I love my mother and that's kind of what she's always done. <laughs> if she's like, and I do it too. I've, I've picked it up and it's always a great kind of segue and transition into anything and everything that I've done. Like even in my training and stuff, if I have like a brain fart, I'll just start laughing and like make a joke out of it. I think that's a good trait. It's something I learned from my mom, stressed out, angry, happy, nervous, embarrassed. She's just like, learns how to like be light about it and like laugh about it. I think that's a, that's probably a really admirable trait that I like to see. That's really great. It's kind of like being able to laugh. It makes a big difference in your life and the way that other people respond to, even if it's a stressful situation, like if you can laugh it off, um, it kind of takes the tension off of other people. Mm -hmm. So that's really great. Right. And if somebody else says something and like they think they made you uncomfortable, but then you laugh it off immediately, like lightens the mood again. And they're, yeah. they're okay. And you're, you're like, I'm fine. Like, honestly, it's okay. <laughs> and, it's like the ultimate fix. Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. I think that's really great. It's a great one. Um, my next question for you is if you were to create one law, what would it be and why? One law. Mm-hmm. If I was to create a new yeah. one. That doesn't yeah. exist? Yeah. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> um, like a universal law, not a universal law, like a like a like a physical like policing. How would you perceive the word law. Oh, the first thing that I was going to is like a universal law. I was just gonna say making one law is just like the golden rule is the one law that I always want to follow, but that's not creating, that's just following. Yeah. Um <clears throat> Uh, that's not a law either, but it would be more like magic. I was going to, I was just going to kind of go off the same theme of laughing things off. Like if somebody got angry, then there was like a, uh, something that like changed them into like looking like a fuzzy little creature. <laughs> that's yeah. not a law though. You have to be, you have to be this fuzzy creature for the next um, five yeah. minutes. Oh, now. yeah, there we go. That there we go. We, oh, you're angry. Okay, then you have to wear this for the next five hours. 
And yeah. like something that's super ridiculous that at that when people see it, they would just have to laugh or be like, oh, you're so cute. So essentially the opposite <laughs> of Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, the opposite <laughs> of the Hulk. You turn into something super fluffy and cute. If you get angry, you turn into something fluffy and cute or you have to wear something <laughs> fluffy and cute. That's the law. Uh, and your voice has to go like high pitched. Too. Yeah, you have to be on helium. Yeah. <laughs> no, that would be like a really great world. That would be so funny. I'm picturing. Do you imagine it. you just see somebody that's like super cute and high pitched? You're like, oh, are you angry? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be so hard to take them seriously. <laughs> that's the point. That's nobody, the point. Nobody would want to get angry. Be like, yeah. Damn, this never works. <laughs> yeah, never works. I never get what I want when I get mad. I just get small and cute. <laughs> that is probably like one of the greatest answers. <laughs> it's a good rule. <laughs> How can we implement this? <laughs> yeah. um, okay. What is um, your biggest problem that you you need solving that you're the most passionate about? Oh, biggest problem that I need solving personally is like still just traditional problems of an entrepreneur is accountability. Um, because like, I'll go through like, and it, it's no different than anybody. Like, yeah, I got a pretty, I got a pretty dope life hundred percent. Like when I disconnect and look at what I do for a living and what I can do, it's, it's pretty fucking sweet, but it doesn't matter what other people are perceiving. It's how you're going through the experience. And for me, there's it, my biggest struggle that I have is accountability. I'll say I want to do something and a lot of the times it's really hard to like hit that goal of what I say and, and you know and and follow through or or it's really easy to come up with excuses sometimes when you're like oh no I got I got money in the bank I don't have a I don't need to I don't have anything I need to worry about but then it's like holding myself accountable to like my big vision of what I want done. So what was the question it was like what to, what's the biggest problem that you need solving? Accountability. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's good. And I feel like that's something a lot of people do struggle with. Is it's like you can you can set it, you can have the vision, um, and then it's just consistently implementing it. Uh huh. Yeah. Totally. Even even if you don't feel good, even if you're if you got a headache or you're yeah. not feeling the best or something happened and you're sad about it or whatever else, it's like it's it can be really easy to find excuses, right? So accountability is yeah. important. And it's funny, actually this quote that's been, it's one of those weird things like kind of keeps coming up every day for some reason. Um, but it's the one I think from The Pursuit of Happiness, Will Smith says it, it sounds like, dad, how do you build a wall? And then Will Smith says, you lay one brick a day. That's it, yep. 1%. 1% a day. And I, I kind of just, and it, that just keeps coming up for me. And I was like, oh, because I think sometimes I get, I'm like, why does that keep happening? But it's yeah. got telling me something, right? Yeah. Um, so I Stay consistent it. daily, daily consistent action, 100%. And you're building that empire, empire right? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> One brick at a time. One brick at a time. Okay, next question. One thing you wish was never invented. Hmm. One thing that I wish was never invented. I don't know. It's a tough one because it, it, like 
things that if I if I wished I was I don't know. Something I wish was never invented. I was honestly I was gonna say social media, but that's like the most valuable thing that I've ever been able to tap into. But it's yeah. just because it's just dependent on how the user engages with it, right? Yeah. Um, it could be hypothetical. Like, yeah, I think uh, what what the one the one thing that kind of came to my mind, which might seem a little bit might be con contradictive, I guess, in a way, if we broke it down, I was gonna say money. Yeah. The one thing that I wish wasn't invented would be money because it seems like money because. The biggest problem that I see, because I, I fucking love money. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, with how it is in 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 uh, our life and in our world and our you know environment, money is amazing. It's it's created a ton of opportunity for me, um, and it's also motivated me too. But it's like it's the one thing. It's like the one measuring stick that so many people focus on, and it's like almost the one measuring stick that is the least fucking important you know what i mean yeah. because it distracts people from the core purposes like the whole the whole topic that we've been talking about money can be the big distraction money can be the big temptation that pulls us away from focusing on what we really want to do what we want to achieve you know that big reason on why uh, but on the same note when we can let go of that and focus so, and and hone in on really our big purpose that we want to be known for and and a legacy if we want to create that legacy however big or little that is the money just comes with it right but i think maybe that would be the one thing i wish that wasn't invented was money because because commodities like if that was separated in a way then it wouldn't be such a, a heavy focus for so many people and i think that it would bring a lot of freedom because now it's just like I don't know. It could be a debate that we could have. For, I'm having my own debate right now, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> but, but I think that's that's the one thing that comes to mind would be maybe like just money itself and just having a different way of, of valuing, you know, what we do, a different measuring stick. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Um. Well, essentially, that's the last thing I have. So, but I want you to take the stage and okay. say where where people can find you. Um, if people do want to work with you, um, yeah, and just like just talk about your brand, talk about where they can find you and stuff like that, and then we can say goodbye. Yeah, hundred percent. So, when it comes to my personal um, my personal stuff, I don't post a ton anymore because I've been really focusing on like the private community stuff. And pouring in as much value into that. But um, my external socials is Aaron Roy Fraser. So it's A-A-R-O-N-R-O-Y-F-R-A-S-E-R. -E you search that, you'll find me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, when it comes to if somebody's really passionate about action sports and really wants to help grow the industry as a whole, um, just search The Action Sports Club. We have a I have a team that's uh, building a podcast at the moment. So we have a, a live podcast called the action sports podcast. Um, that's on all channels. We have um, the action sports club on Instagram where we have daily inspiration, uh, like focused on like inspirational based quotes, but revolving around like action sports and motorsports content, which is super dope. 
Uh, we get some cool videos on there. Facebook page, The Action Sports Club, where we just cross post from the Instagram. It's not as engaged. It's not as engaged with the audience, but another place. And then, if uh, somebody wants to be a part of our community that we're building, is the Action Sports Club Facebook group. Um, you have to apply to be accepted. But in there, that's where we focus on. Uh, the main goal is uh, helping athletes and enthusiasts how to land sponsorships, how to get paid and how to turn their passion of riding into a career, even if they aren't a pro athlete. So that's our main objective in that group. But yeah, that's that's majority of my digital assets that are available and where you can find me. That's brilliant. Well, thank you so much. And then um, biggest takeaway that you want people to get from from this for their we're specifically with passions and purpose in mind. Yeah, just just challenge yourself to work on consciously finding out what your why is. Don't like and and don't be um like don't put pressure on yourself to think that it's just going to come to you like that. You know what I mean? Like when it comes to like what is you, what do you truly believe? What do you truly want to be known for? What do you truly stand for? What is that per that purpose, that passion, that mission that you want to create, that movement that you want to create? Any of those pieces that resonate with you. Um, try not to be hard on yourself on thinking that you you can just discover it within an hour or two, right? Like you can get the general direction, but it's something to consistently work on. So I I want to challenge everybody. Is the biggest takeaway is just just make it something that's consistent and preferably daily spend time whether it's journaling watching videos about the topic of why and passion and purpose reading books around the topic of why and discovering that piece you know just just have something that's going on your life daily so you can consciously be paying attention to it because that's that's the best way to to define it and grow it and and get that laser focus so think that'd be the biggest takeaway is just take the time to do it yeah awesome that's uh that's brilliant Aaron thank you so much <laughs> thanks for the podcast man it was fun yeah I'm really glad that you came on and uh you're like yeah the perfect fit and the totally the right mindset um and you shared a ton of value so thank you so much for that and um I'm gonna end the podcast off the way I like to end all of my content off and that is I want you guys to stay in motion to stay in gratitude to stay in expansion act with intention be consistent and focus on the goal and remember that it's not always just about achieving the goal but it's who you become on the way so keep good company and enjoy the ride so thanks for tuning in to the Dues Today's podcast and thank you Aaron for coming on by 100% that was a dope outro